All right, guys, a special edition um, podcast for you today. Uh, you know, I like to do my off-the-record podcast where I just sit down with people who I think are interesting. And uh, I got to sit down with Iowa State's tight ends coach and uh, recruiting coordinator for football, Alex Golish, recently. Uh, of course, our off-the-record podcast that we do sporadically throughout the year is always presented by the Iowa Clinic and the Iowa Clinic Men's Center. Uh, we'll hear from them here momentarily, and um, I think that Alex is one of the most interesting people at Iowa State. He and I have pretty good chemistry. We can kind of give it to each other, and we we do everything here from Iowa State's recruiting to you know some theories in football to some off-topic stuff. You hear about Matt Campbell's favorite Netflix show. I really think you guys will enjoy uh, this interview that I did uh, with kind of a spur of the moment sit down with Iowa State's tight ends coach. He's also the recruiting coordinator, so he's the man behind the recruiting at Iowa State football. Uh, the staff's kind of just getting back from their break after the bowl game. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, hear from Alex Golish after these messages. Hey guys, it's Chris Williams here to tell you a little bit about me away from the microphone, and that's the love that I have for my daughter, which is why every year in August I head to the Iowa Clinic Men's Center to get my annual physical. Now, I'm only 33, and luckily I'm a healthy man, but this is all about preventative medicine. My daughter relies on me, and I want to be there to watch her in t-ball games, dance recitals, and God willing, be there to walk her down the aisle. Small decisions that we make today greatly impact our future, and my friends at the Iowa Clinic Men's Center are here to help. Visit them at iowaclinic.com to find a doctor near you, which shouldn't be hard, as the Iowa Clinic Men's Center has locations all over the metro. Hey guys, it's Chris interrupting this podcast because, you know, everybody wants to know that I get it asked all the time, how can we help Cyclone Fanatic? Well, you help Cyclone Fanatic by you support our advertisers and everybody needs to be aware of eye care. I wasn't for a long time and I went to Ames Eye Care and they really helped me out. It's changed my life. I don't have headaches the way that I did. You've heard me talk about this. They're also in Des Moines at Des Moines Eye Care. And you need to think about this with your family. Get the kids checked out. Encourage the wife. Anything. Personalized eye care, designer eyewear. I've got these sweet Maui gym glasses that I use at work all the time. People think they look awesome. They meet your whole family's vision needs at Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. Check them out today and support Cyclone Fanatic. All right, guys, we're up at a it's a fairly quiet Iowa State football facility today. I'm hanging out with one of my favorite guys. Not trying to butter you up or anything. <laughs> Alex Golish has been on the pod before, but it it was a while ago. It was on signing day. Was it two years ago? Maybe two. Maybe yeah, a year ago. Maybe a year ago. I'm not really sure. But I I just I knew that you guys had a little time off before you go on the road, so I wanted to catch up with you. No, I'm, holidays good. Everything good. Everything's awesome. I'm excited to be on here. How was San Antonio? Everything good. Yeah, the Did meeting you, rooms at the hotel were good. <laughs> That's a, is that all you saw? <laughs> That's a, we got, uh, I did get out one night. We got to see SeaWorld. Oh, that nice. was fun. Uh, SeaWorld was good. And then me and my wife uh, and the kiddos took a stroll down the Riverwalk uh, one afternoon. Um, and uh, we had fun. But we tried to stay locked in and locked in and, and worry about the game. And I think the bowl game's fun for everybody. How did it um, – I'm so with this early signing day. Like, how, when do you start preparing for Washington State? 
Yeah, we as coaches started to prepare as soon as we found out, whatever that was, the 5th or the 6th of December. Um, we had a weekend of bowl practices that focused really on us more than more than it did on, on them. And then the timing of the bowl game worked out really, really good because we were able to get in. We had a, a whole week of practice as we game plan, like a normal game week before we got down to the, to, to yeah. the bowl site. So we kind of came in that Sunday – going into signing day that Sunday with already a relative idea of what we wanted to do and game plan Sunday, Monday, just like a normal week. And then took the rest of that week because it's dead in recruiting. Anyways, yeah, yeah. Took the rest of that week and, okay. and prepared like a normal week. My clock's off on the college football calendar still because there's just been a lot of changes over the last few years. Yeah, the biggest the biggest change is that signing date, and I guess it depends on when you play the bowl game. If you play like we played later, it's not a big deal. I, I felt for watching those guys that played on the 20th, 21st, yeah. knowing that they were preparing as they were recruiting, which was really, really hard. That, that seems almost impossible. Yeah, the only thing it changed for, for us as coaches on the road – those flights where you can sometimes write some letters and maybe watch watch your favorite Netflix show you were watching film. Oh so, yeah. So not as much Netflix and chill more. What's your favorite Netflix show? Man, I we don't watch a ton of TV, but House of Cards. I I've, I've been dying to watch this last season. Okay. The last I've saw the the first three episodes and That's like a political thing, right? Political I, I haven't thing. seen it, yeah. Incredible. You gotta watch every season. It, it I know. start at one. It, it it resembles kind of the the Clinton presidency on. I mean, it, it's fascinating. Oh man! And, and Matt, I'm a Matt Campbell's a huge fan of the show. Really? Like huge fan. I didn't know that. Yeah, that I thought would be he a good just, podcast. I thought he just sat around and watched like old film and stuff like that. I, he does, and then he takes usually one or two series a year and binge watches it. Fascinating. Yeah, that's something people didn't know. Because I, it, yeah, that's good stuff. Do you are you a cord cutter? Or do you still have cable? We have Directv. Oh, okay. When we moved here, that's all we can get. Oh, and I've kind of become a fan, unless it's raining. Yeah. See, I always had the problem because you have young children. Yeah. And it's so much easier to just have the DVR for like their favorite shows to just watch Mickey. Yeah. Like as opposed to having to set up the stream for me. Yeah, the biggest part that that I, I and I have a lot of friends that are like on Apple TV or yeah. uh, Hulu or I get nervous about switching inputs. Like I don't want to change inputs. And I figured out it's if you have a DVD pain. player that's the same brand as your TV, it automatically switches inputs for you. Really? Big time. I so, didn't know that. Yeah. So I I have not investigated those those streaming deals, but if I have to change inputs that I'll pay the extra money for whatever DirecTV or cable not to change inputs. That's Yeah, I feel you. Because for me, with what I do, I watch so many games, you know, because I go on the radio Monday and I have to talk about them, and it's just so much easier to have. Because, like, on a given Saturday, I'll DVR eight games. Right. I don't necessarily watch every minute of every one of them, but I try and – know what you're talking about and to be able to like fast forward through and skip and all that stuff is just so much easier yeah and and i i don't dvr games as much but i'll you for us if we're playing an 11 o'clock game you can usually catch two games pack 12 after dark for sure and then oh yeah and then you can catch that evening game but 
I love watching games, especially now that I got a four year old who loves watching games with me. How much BS is the coaches pull? You just hit on that. <laughs> I hate the coaches pull because it's like <laughs> if you play it like two thirty. Yeah, there's no way you're wa- you guys are watching like Fresno play at nine o'clock or you know what I mean. But we got sometimes blow you do. Sometimes you do. I, I enjoy watching a, a random Fresno, Wyoming, or Boise, or especially as teams start to get into the polls. And you know, especially as you as you know, coaches all over the country, you you like to watch a little bit, and kind of gives you an idea of off season studies, and and you kind of see who's playing well, like for us on offense, and you want to c- try to catch a game. But as far as the coaches poll, gosh, I, I wouldn't even have any idea how real that is i'd be curious to see how many coaches actually fill out the deal or how many how many skips do it yeah yeah skips are the sids that's why i I hate the coaches pull and i think the ap poll sucks too because i know how many people in my industry are lazy and they're not watching get me a comment on that (laughs) no you don't you don't have to i'm the one saying it it just it like these polls i just basketball's worse basketball's polling is is horrendous like it is because you're looking at at score sheets basically yeah right and there, there's so many tools out because there's more analytics in that that started to come around to football. Right. Here's what really ticks me off. Spreads? No. Oh. The, the guys who rip on Big 12 defenses and stuff, and they don't understand tempo. There's so When I say lazy people out there, there's so many lazy guys out there in, in my industry that go off, oh, total defense – Total offense. I saw your stat. I thought that was an interesting stat. I didn't agree with you. Which one? Your when you said the total defense stat is a. Uh, I don't. I don't want to misquote you. Yeah, I said uh, let's not use it anymore. That's right. I, d- I didn't necessarily agree with. Okay, that. let's debate. What What do you think is important when evaluating a statistically evaluating? I'm a yards per play and points per possession guy. Okay, I'll buy that. Total defense is probably still got a factor in the top five. Red zone defense, third down percentage defense, rushing defense. I I would bet those are the those are the and turnovers gained, turnover percentage or turnover margin, turnovers gained. Those would determine wins, not in that order. Turnovers, red yeah. zone defense, yeah. third down defense, total defense in that order. So, so it's not totally. It's not. It wouldn't like be the total top thing. Defense is just yards, right? Total We're defense on. is yards. Yep. See, I just think that, like, I think it's pretty simple mathematics. When, because this really came on to be a debate when, not really Leach back in the day, but I would say more Bryles, the Bryles Baylor era when they when they, their tempo was so fast. And remember because the SEC started crying because oh, right. we're going too fast and you needed to give the defense time and all this. Yep, trying to get an extra possession. And it's like, see, I get sensitive about it because I'm on the radio in Des Moines and you have these Big Ten West people and I, and they'll often cite total defense. Oh, well, all these Big 12 teams suck in total defense. Well, they're on the field twice as much because of tempo. And that's where I get sensitive with it because I, I, all I want is I'm not saying that the Big 12's got a bunch of 85 Bears defenses. That's not my point. My point is you need to understand proportionally the defenses. Your point is proportionally the defenses are 
as good as any other conference. The offenses are just more tempo. Yes, that's my point with it. I can buy that argument. Yeah. Hence, your your points per possession would determine Thank more defensively. Yes. And yards per play is really my biggest. That's on both sides of the ball. That's where I've really... You've never studied third down percentage? Rushing Not as defense? much. I, I probably should because you've... That would maybe uh, be a big hit among your radio listeners. Really? Third down defense. Okay. Rushing defense. Because that goes with tempo. That goes with uh, time of possession. Yeah. Yeah, I just like say the last couple of years I've settled in on those. And I know a lot of the gambling guys. Like Vegas values yards per play. For sure. About higher than total. Especially, defense. and I have a hard time with the totals though. This is my biggest problem with college football, and it's my favorite sport in the world, other than NASCAR. Which is odd, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I'm from rural Iowa, okay? I get it. Just deal with it. Um, like, the, I don't like, and it's very difficult for me when it comes to, like, oh, let's pick four playoff teams. Because, to me, college football is just so uneven across the board, where it's like some conferences are playing three non-cons some are playing four um like in the nfl the the schedule's just you know there's a system to it but in general like you can go from winning two games in the nfl to 10 the next year in theory um when everything's scheduled so everybody schedules differently in college like i'm i'm less interested in like the totality of like total defense or total offense because I think that can get skewed like I, I've, I've seen too many Oklahoma State teams and Baylor teams over the years get like 800 yards against Northwestern State where that can really skew it over the course of you know where you I like it really the, skews it over the course of 12 games I think it can like those old Baylor teams is when this whole thing's uh, were you were were you around the Big Twelve? You were at Oklahoma State then in '08. Uh, okay. That would have been Coach Bryles' second year. Yeah, because like they're they're scheduling three. I mean, they were they were playing real actually four at the time. Four yeah, really bad teams, and they would put up damn near a thousand yards every game, and that was when it started to really pop for me. In I my can head. buy that. I can totally buy that. Yeah, so that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, the maybe the argument of total defense in conference play would make it. Yeah, I would buy better that for you. Yeah, and I, I I would too. I guess in our league where you're you're playing nine conference games over over the course of those nine games, total defense because everybody plays everybody. You could say that would be a realistic stat. How much stock should we put into? So like in the in the bowl games. The Big 12, generally, even if they're not winning, their offenses perform well. Right. Even against Alabama this year, Oklahoma was asleep in the first quarter, but the last three quarters, they played really good football. Um, how much can we put into what we see in bowl games? Like, is vast on a conference-wide level. I think it's awesome, especially because the – the high-end teams are matched up with high-end teams, and the mid-tier teams are matched up with mid-tier teams. I think, I think it's it's a really good sign of the strength of your league. Especially, you have usually two weeks to prepare. You're going to get a best shot. You know, there's really yeah. no surprises. It's hard to sneak up a, a new quarterback or a new scheme on somebody. You know, it's uh, so you. I think it's a 
it's a really good sign of where you're at. I, I think, especially this year, being able to watch a lot more, mm-hmm. playing on the 28th, being able to see a handful of games, I think it it says a lot about where your league's at. Yeah. I'd put a lot of stock into it. Okay. Me more, personally. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I do more now than I used to. I guess I w- I'll put it that way. I think just because the teams are evenly matched, you know. Yeah, absolutely. What about um, what about uh, I want to go to recruiting. Are you good with that? Have we recruiting. picked all the meat off of this bone? <laughs> I love recruiting. See, I love my analytics. I'm starting to I'm starting to become like the stat dork. Yeah, there's there's it, companies out there making a lot of money on on college analytics. I you got to come up with uh, with a uh, uh, like a money ball type deal. Yeah. There's there's companies making a lot of money in a lot of analytic type deals, and there is a lot of analytics. Like, when do you go for it on fourth down? You know, that's a big one. What about uh, going? There's a lot of people out there that think that you should always go for it on. You should never punt. Yeah, you know the the head coach at Pulaski Academy, Kevin Kelly. We've become good friends over the years. He's kind of the guy that. Got oh, it rolling. Yeah. Really I've heard neat, of him. really neat guy. Pulaski Academy in, in Little Rock. Um neat dude, neat guy, won a lot of games. Um he thinks we're all idiots. <laughs> and um and he's got a handful of state titles to show for that. And um I, it's really interesting. I, I think when when there's a little bit more pressure at this level, probably yeah. <laughs> Maybe tend to think through it a little bit yeah. more, but shoot, I'd be curious to see somebody do it. I got somebody's got to do it first, well, right? Well, I thought it was interesting the other night the Seahawks and Cowboys when Janikowski got hurt, yeah, and they couldn't kick, had to go for it. I, I, because I was I'm a Vikings fan, but I the Cowboys would probably be my second favorite team. It's who my dad roots for, and like I was thinking to myself, him getting hurt is going to lose us this game. Like, the Cowboys are going to lose because the Seahawks don't have a choice. And they went for it on fourth and six, got like a 20-yard pass. They did. Really fascinating, right? Yeah. I think at that level, it's really interesting just because it's – those kickers are so good. The punters are so good. You you know, when you try to flip the field, you know you can flip the field. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of it has to do with that. Probably not talked about enough is how good is your kicker, how good is your punter, where you are, where you are in the game, you know, and – um, but like I said, there's, there's analytics companies that, that can help you with it based on your chances of winning to going into the game. So I just need to get my own formula. Yeah. That's what you're saying. And you can make a ton of money. All right. I'll put that on my to-do list in 2019. <laughs> How's the uh, recruiting going? It's been awesome. It's been awesome. We're, we're super fired up with, with the class we signed in December. We we still got to finish here a little bit and, um, with some really key spots, but, but it's, it's been, it's been awesome. It's been, we've settled in and figured out kind of what this landscape is out here in this part of the country and, and are getting more familiar with it and, and feel like we're ahead of the curve now. And it's been, it's been really good. The, The reception has been awesome and, and we feel like we're recruiting at a high rate right now. Is it easier to get into homes now that you guys have showing it on the field yeah um certainly easier to get in to homes but i think even just being being here now going into year four you feel like you know who you're recruiting a lot sooner i think that helps more so than than 
getting into homes i think you know at first you we spend a year selling a, a vision you yeah, know and, exactly. and now you've got you've got uh, substantial things to show for it and and we're certainly not where we want to be yet but but showing these young guys and their families hey you know we are here we are relevant we're we're plugging and and uh you know more than anything continuing to just sell sell the culture here and and our head football coach is is one of the best in the country and and what makes him special is is the culture he set here and and the culture of winning and continuing to raise the bar and continue to raise the standard of what the standard actually is and mm-hmm. and um I think the more more so than getting into homes but getting young people here and getting young people yeah. around us and around our players and um I think it's been I don't know if easier is the word we're probably better prepared today than we were three years ago. So did you, when you were at Oklahoma State, did you come here? We played at uh, at Oakey State. Okay. Because I was wondering if you had ever been to Trice before you got Never here. been here. Because, like, I just, the difference in that atmosphere, because you talked about getting kids here. I I can't imagine, like, in the mind of a 18-year-old, the difference in what that stadium used to be and like when Mac was bringing them in. Right. Compared to when you got, like, is it uh, and 15 years old now, 16, 17. Oh yeah. <laughs> you're not 18. You're right. So it's a different, different deal of trying to make guys, yeah, young people uh, see what this is all about. You know, I, I think it's funny. We, we talk a lot, you know, especially in my role, um, working with with Derek um on on the recruiting side of things like we talk a lot about perception and vision and and what do these young people see what do we want them to see what what's the perception and you know we talk a lot about perception as reality in a lot of ways um but perception here locally is different than perception regionally yeah um and different than perception nationally um I think it's really fascinating when you sit and really think about it and talk about it and then actually being able to go to out it, schools in Iowa, schools in Illinois, schools in St. Louis, Kansas City. And then you talk about as you go farther to California and Arizona, like our perception in Arizona is really uniquely different right now with Brock at the helm and, and the success he's had. Yeah, You'd be shocked. You walk into a school with an Iowa State polo, it's a big deal. Huh. You know, um, so yeah, I think makes sense though. It, it's it's really uniquely different, you know, and and um, it's it's different locally because because these young kids grow up either either cheering us on or cheering somebody else on in the state, and and then you know what's the perception there? How are we, you know, are we changing that? You know, and so it's it's so different. Um, it's different in Big 12 country than it is when you get outside of that, too. So I have I kind of have observed from my colleagues in the media who cover the Big 12, okay? I often feel like the regional guys have a higher perception of what Iowa State is than the local guys. And the reason I say that is because most of the local guys have been here forever when Iowa State football wasn't relevant, right? Where these regional guys, they don't really care about that past. Does that make sense? It's literally what I just said. So okay, so you didn't really get into that, but that so I'm matching what was behind what you were saying. One hundred percent. Okay, and and I don't necessarily, you know, probably be a complete lie to tell you I don't 
see what people write because I do. Um, but I think it's probably the biggest difference is there's no preconceived uh, standard, if okay. that makes sense. Um, yeah, see, because I didn't know if you were insinuating that the that it's like spreading outward. No, 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 no. Um, I was more saying when um, – I'll give you a great example. Uh, we were recruiting Sean Shaw, um, and the night before we played Oklahoma a year ago, um, I went over to watch Sean play. So that was a Friday night. We go down. We're in Norman. We beat Norm. We beat OU that next day. The then we go back in December. Coach Campbell, myself, <clears throat> we go back in. They think Iowa State football is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Not just at his high school, but in all of Oklahoma City. <laughs> you know, and yeah. and so. There, there was no notion of anything going into that game, and then after that game, it's we are we're we're here, we're on the map. It's you know, yeah. Which certainly then you go back into Oklahoma, which Coach Gordon recruits Oklahoma for us now. Like he's like, man, it's really these kids are very very receptive to us, more so differently than than uh, throw Indiana, whatever, right? Which yeah. is in the middle heart of Big Twelve or Big Ten country and. Outside of knowing who Matt Campbell is, they probably ain't watching a whole lot of Big 12 football. So that's, I guess, that's, the, and maybe that's not an awesome example, but that's the best example I can think of, like our relevancy in Oklahoma right now with with beating Oklahoma and then beating Oklahoma State, both there, and those kids see it because those kids are going to those games. Absolutely, yeah. Just like Iowa kids are coming to our games. And and so they go and see, see us not just beat them, but play incredibly well and and now, all of a sudden, to them, they don't know what Iowa State was three years ago. They just know what Iowa State is now. They know Matt Campbell is the Big 12 coach of the year. They know we're building a new facility. They know the, the fan base here is incredible. So it, when you go, go on a larger scale, a regional scale, for example, like we're talking about, the, the history is totally thrown out the window. I get it, yeah. Where locally – I know what you've lived through since 2003. Yeah. <laughs> it, your perception is different, you know, and, and so. And I'm a lightweight. A lot of these guys have been. Lived it. They've been here since, you know, the 80s and, or before. Even. Yeah. Well, I've been around since 84, so that's all I know. <laughs> but, you know, my my point is at the end of the day, it's it's you think about the last two seasons here, a high school sophomore going into their, say, junior year right now, since they were freshmen in high school, since they really probably started following college football, thinking maybe I'm going to be a recruit or whatever, all they know is what they've seen the last couple of years, which yeah. is interesting, really fascinating when you think about it. Yeah, no, it really is. That, that thing first popped for me when I was down at Big 12 Media Days last year, and there was a bunch of us sitting around the hotel bar or something. And I, and everybody just kind of, you know how media are. We are all bloviating about whatever. At the bar. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of stuff. And I was like, done. wow, like the 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 regional and national guys here have a better – have a, you know, they think higher of Iowa State football than often our local guys do. And – Well, and that's at the end of the day from, from, a, from a branding, from a – from a what are we selling to young people, uh, that's literally all we talk about yeah. is is how do we continue to – 
brand ourselves and sell ourselves as a program and as a university and as as a staff and our and and our guys on the football team the student athletes themselves that all of that is geared towards not so much the national media but more on a national landscape the recruits yeah well it's it's definitely shifted there there's no doubt about that i want to ask you about the two guys so david's gone and hakeem's gone that we we learned that this week what can you tell me about these two running backs coming in they seem like absolute beasts yeah i'm uh, excited well Brees will be here tomorrow oh he's okay mid-year so that's great he'll be here i didn't know that they showed up that early but i guess next semester Monday. Yeah. Orientation. Here we are. That's got to get done. Yeah, we're done with that. Okay. Um, both of those guys are really, really special young people for a lot of different reasons, but but beyond just the football part, it's it's hard to get two of those guys to say, yes, I'm coming together. On top of Leonard Glass, who's really, really a special player as well. Um, but both of those guys, I, you know, it, it's neat. We've talked about this before. It's neat to see young people make decisions for the right reasons. They both made decisions for the right reasons. Uh, you know, both have awesome support systems and both kind of lean on those support systems to to make the right decision. I, I think Coach Campbell obviously did an incredible job of building a relationship with those guys. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, I think that was the biggest selling point to them. Um and obviously Nate Nate did a, an awesome job of of building a relationship with those guys as well but i think they the recruiting with those guys has gone back so long Tyson Bite started it a long time ago with Jirel and and Brees was such a priority for us for the last 2 years and then when Nate got hired he he dove right into building a relationship with him and they the biggest thing on both of those guys is they got they got to Ames a bunch they got to spend time with our players a bunch. They got to spend time with our staff a bunch. And both of those guys are really special players and both uniquely different. You know, um, Jirel is a really big, physical, strong runner um, and and can can find a hole and hit it and is a really violent player. You could see it on the basketball court. I know you've seen some of the dunks. He's just oh, yeah. freakishly yeah, gifted absolutely. With, with he can jump, he can – he, he can run through people. Uh, Brees is is a really smooth runner. can can pull away and and can kind of see it and hit it. Um, and really really smooth. He's a big strong physical kid too. Um, so I think and the fact that those two guys and I think Coach Campbell and Nate get a ton of credit and deservingly so. They kind of connected them and those two guys hit That's it awesome. off and and you know whether whatever they say thunder and lightning or whatever those two guys are pretty special special people on top of being special backs and they they're both going to have the ability to come in and compete and and obviously we were prepared for dave to make the decision he didn't how awesome for him how awesome for our program that that guys are were at that point where guys in three years are having an opportunity to move on yeah no question about that i i I was i was talking yesterday that you know, I've covered Iowa State as long as I have. I've never covered a guy leave early in football. Really? Ever. Ser- Troy Davis was the last one. Left early? That's interesting. It's a fun fact. That'll he was the come last up. one. That may come up at a bar at Media Day next year. <laughs> he was the last one. And then, like, it, 
It'll be cool though. Like I, because I do this thing where the guys who I've covered and I really liked, and I'll buy their pro jerseys and I hang them up in my basement in my office. Really? Yeah, I, I love doing that. It's just a, it's fun for me. And basketball I, too. Basketball is where I started doing it because I've had good relationships with a lot of those guys and. I think Man, how about that class two years Craig ago? Craig Brackens was the first one I did. And then, yeah, so like right now, it's getting very expensive. <laughs> it's become a very expensive Are you hobby. buying the authentic jerseys? No. No, I buy the what? replicas. Do you not know those guys well enough that they'll send you one? Well, I do. I just don't like to hinder. You should like to, if it's I don't, affecting. I don't like to be a hindrance. Well, if it's, offended, if it's affecting that little girl of yours being able to eat, you should just ask because those guys can afford it. Yeah, that's, I'm pretty, that's Monte can true. afford to send you a jersey. Yeah, that's probably true. I've gotten a few things from Niang over the years. And he can afford to send you They're one. They're like wearing their like Gucci shoes. and like Yeah, a, they can spend the 150 bucks. They on came back this summer in like pretty sure George's wardrobe that he had on was worth more than like two months salary for me. Mm. <laughs> well, <laughs> like leather pants. <laughs> yeah, and, and and those guys, like that guy, he got to get custom fitted, right? Oh yeah, the NBA lifestyle too. It's like it's part of the thing, though. Yeah, I can only imagine. I'd like to dress like that. Leather you could, pants. You I, could pull it off. Yeah, like my wife would get super mad if I got custom leather pants. We should try it. <laughs> you and I game next year. You're walking through the Spirit Walk in with custom like leather, black leather pants. <laughs> Oh man, I I wouldn't live that down on this staff. Matt would not live that down. God, I can only imagine. The, His uh, wardrobe's gotten better. He, I mean, he just wears the black, black on black. That's I. That's all he ever wears, unless it's game day, right? That's right. It looks incredible, doesn't it? I like it. Yeah, but like, how many of those black polos does he have? That's an awesome question. I've wondered that at times because he wears the same one, the same style every time I see him. Yeah. Well, I, you hope five at least, right? Because Sunday he doesn't. What does he wear on, like, Baker Mayfield Dressed. jersey? or <laughs> Skip does. <laughs> I'm sure he does. <laughs> Dressed down uh, generally an Eddie Bauer um, season-appropriate top of some sort. Interesting. Yeah. I could see Matt being a very regimented dresser, though. Like, where he, this is my Tuesday wardrobe. This yeah. is my Sunday. This goes back to Toledo. He wore a black uh, Nike long sleeve every day for the three years I knew him, and we weren't we weren't a Nike school. What was Toledo uh, Under, Under Armour, Armour? Mm-hmm. at the time? Did he was he the one who incorporated the black into the Toledo? Because um, I they sw- did like a graphite deal. Like yeah, because I swear when Iowa State played there, when Net missed the kicks, yeah, um, I swear Toledo was using. Like a black type of jersey, but I'm no. Nah, I think they, the they or, uh, I don't even remember. They went to like a graphite. That, that was as dark were as you there? could get them there. Or are you at Illinois? I was at Illinois at the time. the The three years Matt was the the four years Matt was the head coach there. I was at Illinois. Oh, so I was okay. with him as the offensive coordinator. What a horrible, um, what a horrible night that was for Iowa State. Yeah, I can imagine that. That was the night. We won't get to. I don't want to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> But that I wasn't there, so you know. But that was the night where, because I was doing post game, and Whitford and I were like, you could just sense that the previous administration had, or the previous staff had lost the fans. It was after that night at Toledo. The whole the irony of how it all worked out is just crazy. It really is kind of a neat story. Yeah, 
maybe a, a, a 30 for 30 type deal yeah. someday and feature you. I'll do it. You know what? Quick question. Women's basketball. Yeah. I keep seeing on Twitter you're doing the play-by-play or yeah. the – Yeah. How? <laughs> Have you out. learned the game? What, what the hell is that supposed to mean? Like it's such a different game though, right? Like I know basketball. Women's basketball, different. You just put in the time. Honestly, it took me because this is the first year I've done play-by-play for them. Yeah. And the getting used to the quarters and the women's basketball rules was a bigger. But that's what I mean, I, yeah. and just the the speed of the game and what's. It's just it's fascinating to me that you do that. You go from that to football to to men's basketball, covering men's basketball. Yeah. I think the play by play part has got to be really really difficult. It's fun. It's the most fun thing that I do. Really? Yeah, because it's like there's nothing more pure than there's no thinking. Like, it's you're reacting, you know? You're but, just. But play by play's got to be hard, right? The, I mean, yeah, it's technical. I've done play by play before. Gotcha. So, like, I, I got a lot of reps in. Um, between when I graduated college and came up to do the Cyclone Fanatic thing, I went and worked at a radio station in Western Iowa where I would go out and call, man, I, during, like, basketball season, I'd do, like, 12 games a week. Men's and women's. Yeah. And I'd be out doing doubleheaders. Did a little bit of, like, small college stuff. But I got I got more reps in in three years of doing play-by-play than a lot of people would get in, like, ten. Because I just the, – that was the nature of the job. I think the play-by-play guys – I'm so intrigued by that. Like, the play-by-play guys are so interesting to me. Because how fast it's going – you obviously are talking through it as it's going, and this is totally off subject. So, it's, it's all good. But it's fascinating to me the, how those guys can roll. The preparation that goes into it has got to be incredible. You have to prepare. Because you can always spot a bad one. Yes. Yeah, and I think it, for me at least, like the women's game has been more difficult to prepare for because you just don't – it's not as publicized by the media, right? Right. You're not getting – women's updates on sports center at night when you're so you're less familiar with the opposing players right which makes it more difficult but watch watch any film at all or no i will yeah so like i'm doing the game i'm not bloom is doing tonight but i got texas on saturday and um i'll watch i'll go back and like espn plus helps gotcha because most of those games are so like texas like i I'm a Dish subscriber, so like I can go back on like the Longhorn Network on demand or whatever and watch them. Yeah, I'll watch one of their games. Gotcha. That's part of my. It's prep. fascinating to me. Play by play guys are fat. The other guy, eh. it's not. It's a lot easier to be the color guy, right? But the play by play, I think it's fascinating. Well, what's interesting to me about it is how everybody you're doing the same thing, but it's like anything. Everybody has different styles, right? But you can't like be totally wrong. No. Like, you're just, I mean, really, the essence of it is you're describing what you're seeing. That's right. right? It's, fa- it's. I'm telling you, I'm fascinated by the profession. Uh-oh. Well, I'm glad that I've I may do I've a never, shadow day. Come on over. <laughs> Saturday. You guys got any recruits in? You can just follow me around. We do. We got recruits in and. Just come hang out. Be I, at Hilton all day. It's fascinating. To Prep me. with me. You go ahead and do Coach Fennelly's pregame. With me. Can I'll I ask him a question? Yeah, I'll let you job shadow. It'll be great. Maybe right after signing. Saturday would be tough with recruits. Maybe right after signing day, I'm going to do it. All right. I'm going to do it, and then we'll we'll bring Salty along, and we'll film it. That's perfect. Let's do That'll it. That'll be awesome. Yeah. Because I'm fascinated by you guys. 
But you did a day here. Yeah. And it was the most amazing. You looked bored the entire day. Oh, God. I was, I loved it. Really? (sighs) What'd you love the most? The X's and O's behind the scenes. Like, I didn't know, I had no clue, like, how much you guys, like, are breaking down plays during practice. Like, I, you know, I stayed there late with you guys. Yeah. What day of the week was it? Uh, a Tuesday, I think. I don't know. It was it, during camp. Gotcha. It was during camp. It was like the second week of camp because I didn't want to go to the first week because you guys aren't really doing anything. I wanted you to be padded up and everything. Gotcha. I'd be fascinated for you to see a game week. Oh, <laughs> bring it on. I'd be curious to see what your thought on see, that would be. Okay, because I'm, I've told you. Cause about, you know, my wife thinks we sit around and talk about like pop culture all day. Literally, that's what she you means. only did that about twenty percent of the time. So that's that's when about I, that's about there. seventy less than she thinks we do. Like I'm I'm fascinated by how much analysis by the coaching staff goes into. There are two things that stood out to me. One is this: like that you guys will sit there and watch basically each player at every rep during practice, essentially, right? At that time of year, yeah. Spring ball, fall camp. I don't think fans have any idea how meticulous that is. Yeah. I I don't even think mo- – like in the different camera angles that you have during a, one practice is unbelievable. I don't think most people can comprehend that. Yeah. There are a lot of people with a lot of jobs to try to, to, try to make sure we don't miss anything. And that's one thing Coach Campbell now will watch everything. Everything. Two – I was enamored by the fact that – do you need to go? Mm-mm. Okay. The fact that it's like you guys are all on the same team and you all have a common goal winning games, but it really is like the offensive coaches are trying to beat the defensive coaches that time of year, vice versa. Yeah, I don't know about beat them but as like, much as you, you're trying you're to make competing each other at all better. Times. It's That's a right. competition, and I don't think most fans can comprehend that. Oh yeah, and it's competitive. Yeah, and and Coach Campbell does an incredible job of making it that way, in terms of setting up practices and and periods where it, it gets to be really competitive, which from the coach's side too, which is fun, and because otherwise you're just practicing to practice, you know, and and yeah, it's which that can be a grind. Yeah, you you try to make it not a grind because you. Daily, you're trying to achieve something different, right? And yeah. and whatever the focus is for that day, and you're you're attacking that focus, and with the with continuously trying to get better, and and really trying to figure out who can consistently perform at the rate you need them to. What it really got me to was just watching you guys analyze offensive linemen. Yeah, there, and I always say this: like, <laughs> I I I feel like I know football fairly well but clearly i'm nowhere to like a professional level there's one thing i'll rarely do is sit there and try and analyze an offensive lineman because it's just a really hard thing unless you know like the steps and like what to look for i just call it bronze like that (laughs) when i because it's just like you said i looked bored i was probably just like in over my head because i'm like what's no you know, I had so much going on in my head at that time. Yeah, you did look bored, but I apologize for that. I didn't <laughs> want to put that off. But yeah, the old line part, man, it's uh it goes back to consistency though, you know, and 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 trying to 
coach to get to a consistent level at every position, but that position now, because you can get exposed really quick there on every play. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's a fascinating game. I want to do, maybe I, I want to write a book. Maybe that could be it. About O-Lyman? No, God, no. (laughs) Nobody would read that. I've always wanted to do a, like any, like, did you ever read Bruce Feldman's deal on Ole Miss? I did. Fascinating. I want to do an Iowa State thing like that at some point, but I have, you know, that's a lot of time. Yeah. It, and I don't have the name as big as Bruce Feldman to get like a big book deal behind me. But I think Iowa State, like, I think Iowa State fans would read something like that. You're saying like spend a year? Yeah. It'd be fascinating. It'd be hard to keep your. 13-day jobs. No, I wouldn't be able to. Right. That had to be later on. Like a retirement gig. Yeah, if you guys are still here in 20 years. 20 years. Coach just signed an extension through... 25. 25. 24. And you want you want 14 more on top of that. <laughs> we'll talk to Jamie. Maybe you'll be the head done. coach then. Oh, man, I don't, I don't want Coach Campbell's job. I'm happy with the tight ends and this recruiting gig. Okay, that's a great, that's a great uh, transition. Because my dad is the biggest tight ends fan in the world. You told me that when we first He's got obsessed here. obsessed with tight ends. You told me that. Yeah. That's fascinating. Him, there's like four people like him in the world, which is awesome. They're his favorite position. He's, like I mentioned, a Cowboys fan. He thinks Jason Witten's the greatest football player ever. After I, I would Joe honestly. Nemechek. <laughs> no, Joe Nemechek's the old, um, that's the old NASCAR driver. What was the old Cowboys one? Jay? Jay. Jay, yeah. Yep. Joe was the NASCAR driver. That's right. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, I would I would totally agree with your dad. Jason Witten is is phenomenal and fun to watch still. We still watch him. Our guys still watch him. How to run an option route. Did you ever watch his uh his um retirement? Uh yeah. the whole the whole deal and, and Coach Garrett talking about about uh Jason Witten breaking down the option route. Did you watch that? No, I didn't see that. Fascinating. I'll I'll send you the YouTube yeah, link. It, it is fascinating. Um that guy's fascinating. And then he he went from that to Monday Night Football and yeah. and does an incredible job. I mean, that's an incredible human right there. I've never met the guy, but I'd love to. See, I just thought of something too cuz Coach Loney's my buddy. Coach Loney is awesome. I need to get my dad and Coach Loney and have them have lunch together. Because they're both big talkers, and they they go nuts. Well, I, I sat there and picked Coach Loney's uh, brain for two hours on Jason Witten. Nothing to do with football. How how does he prepare? How does he go about his day? How, at that level, in year 16? Yeah. How, how can you keep doing what you're doing in year 16? That's what I like about Campbell. I've actually learned a lot from him over the last three years on that. Process? detail yeah and it, we're not even talking about football no with everyday life yeah he attacks coach campbell attacks the task at hand like it's the most important task ever and he doesn't like allow himself to have peripheral stuff bother nothing him at the time the task at right then is the most important task ever ever which i think that it's hard in society for most people to grasp that anymore because we got these things and i'm holding up a cell phone for those listening and like, it, there's just always distraction. Always. That's why he's unique. It's fascinating. I've learned a lot from him in that way. Like the most important thing you're doing is what you're doing right now. It's fascinating. 
He's a fascinating human. Jason Witten is probably a lot like that from what Coach Loney has said. Interesting. But tight ends are fascinating. You guys, okay, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Hakeem Butler goes pro. You don't you've, – you've got young, talented wide receivers, but you don't have a Hakeem Butler. I mean, that's a really unique guy, right? Unique guy. We're hoping we get – Yeah, you want more Hakeem Butler. Sure. But doesn't this open this up? I mean, the tight ends had a great year. Good year. I thought it was great. Well, I appreciate that. They'd appreciate that. I mean, compared to the la- the prior 10. We don't talk about the prior 10. <laughs> we talk about the last game. My point is, if I'm looking at this, you so Montgomery and Butler are your, were your best playmakers last year on offense, right? Sure. So doesn't, like, you? I think you have. Brock you, Purdy's pretty good. Brock Purdy's pretty good. DeShante Jones pretty good. Yeah, but Butler, I mean, you didn't have another guy where you just, hey, run down the field, we're going to throw it up, go get it. Tariq Milton pretty good. I love Milton, by the way. I like Tariq. But doesn't this open up to play, like, the two tight ends more in, in the passing game and stuff for next year? Sure does. It absolutely does. And and those guys know that, um, that those catches have to be replaced. Um, and they'll get replaced with, with – whoever shows up, honestly, in spring and fall camp, and that's not a politically correct answer, but they know there's catches there to be had. Yeah. Um, and those guys' skill set's going to continue to expand, and they they got to continue to develop. And, you know, we talked a lot going into the year of we're not young anymore, and then Charlie Kolar gets thrown into the mix, you know, after the Oklahoma game when Chase got hurt. And You told me that day in camp that he was going to be really good, by the way. I did. So I was – You nailed I, that. And and Charlie is a really good football player. He's still got a long way to go. He's still just a redshirt freshman, you know, and uh, and he is he is really, really talented and, and really good. So is Chase. Um and and Chase will be back to full strength at spring and um and you know, Dylan Sainer played fifty some snaps in the bowl game and was phenomenal, played his best game. So he is he seeing Buckner next year? He's got a chance to be. He's a lot bigger. Um, is he as nasty? Uh, Sam is a is a once in a in a while type of guy. Sam is going to be hard to replace. Uh, Sam probably did more for us on offense than he'll ever get credit for. Yeah. Um, but he Sam was awesome. Sam is one of my favorite players I've ever coached, and and hopefully Sam gets his chance here in the next couple of months as well. Uh, I keep hearing that that he's got an NFL shot. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just a, a a tight ends guy in college, but but I I certainly feel like he does. Uh, and I've coached guys like him, never truly with his skill set. He he's a nasty dude that that did a lot for us and and did a lot to open it up for Dave. To be honest with you, and and uh, and he did some neat things in the past game even this year that that were awesome, but. He's a special dude in terms of just there's not many people left like him <laughs> that are just willing to pour it in there and, and give it everything they got. Um, he'll be hard to replace. Dylan will have to take a lot of that, and I think Dylan is preparing that way. Um, we were able to use Dylan the last two years as, as really an on-the-ball guy for mm-hmm. us, and and honestly, he doesn't get any credit either. Everybody talks about Chase and Charlie, but I think Dylan is such an integral part. I mean, he started the bowl game for us and did – did some awesome things in the run game for us, and and even in the pass game a little bit. He didn't get he got targeted once this year, and and I think that'll grow for him as well. 
but because he is a really high end pass catcher as well. The dude's 270 pounds. Yeah. Um, and can run and, and that was just his role. He started on every special team, every snap of every special team this year. Really? Kickoff. I mean, pretty incredible. 270 pounds. Yeah. And um, really and, athletic for that. Oh, my goodness. You'd never guess that. At least I wouldn't. No. He, he's And he's worked his tail off. And, and hopefully Dylan does take some of that off of Sam. That's his goal. Um, and we continue to see growth out of Charlie and Chase. And like I said, when we get Chase healthy again, you know, it, it's those guys have, have really done a good job. And everybody forgets Chase was second team all Big 12 a year ago. And Charlie was this year, which is pretty neat. Um, we got both those guys back and Chase for two more and Dylan for two more. And Chase has had some bad luck. <laughs> yeah, he really has. He, he really has. And he's still had a good couple of years, but he's just he's never been 100%. Yeah, you know, we left that Iowa game this year, um, and he made some really good catches and, and blocked really well. We left that game saying, man, Chase has really come along and, and is going to be really, really good for us, and he gets hurt the next week. Uh, so it was tough, and he pushed through it, had surgery in the middle of the year, came back at, at as close as he could to full strength and played, really backed Charlie up the last four weeks and, and – accepted that role and did an awesome job and I think he's just really excited to get back and and compete with Charlie again and we're going to need both those guys plus Dylan to be awesome for us you know you talk about replacing Hakeem's catches that'll be part of it but continuing to to develop these young running backs in the run game and continue to open holes for those guys I think will be huge and as those guys get bigger I mean Chase played as a as a redshirt freshman at 225 pounds you know came in this year more yeah. prepared physically and, he looks good uh he, he he looks awesome and he's still got a ways to go Charlie's still got a ways to go and Dylan is just continuing to transform his body well the old man's gonna like to hear about the tight ends <laughs> for real he's obsessed with them you, you know who is obsessed with tight ends coach Campbell Really? You know, he was he, he says he was a really good tight end in, in high school and his freshman year before he moved over to the end. So I've never seen film, but I've heard that he was awesome. Have I ever have I ever told you I've told this you story. Play tight, don't tell me you played tight end. I did in middle school. You did? Yeah, actually. Like more like Seam Buckner, like a lead fullback type? No, guy? I was a receiver. I was I was cooler. Gotcha. Yeah. Makes sense. I pictured that. Yeah. I was more like old school, like Colin Franklin is how I would describe it. That's a previous Iowa State tight end. Our listeners will get that one. Gotcha. Um, was he tough? No. Oh. No. Yeah, he was. I don't, <laughs> he was good. He was a good player. You would have liked to coach him. He was a really good player. Um, I don't know if I've ever told you this story. So I had done a Cyclone Gridiron Club event. I had emceed it. And I went out. For dinner, um, my wife and I and, and a couple of coaches and, and Tom Herman was there. Okay, and you're a big Tom Herman fan. I am. I hear you talk about Tom all the time. It's yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> so we're there, and I I got up to go to the bathroom, and I came back, and Herman was on the phone with my dad, and had it on speaker, and Herman was just screwing. Around. Like he just picked up my phone and hit dial on the first person who was there and my dad's like oh yeah uh, good to talk to you coach and my dad's playing along with it pretty good and they're having a conversation and dad goes oh hey well, while i got you here why in the blank don't you ever throw it across the middle of the goddamn tight ends <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome Tom picked up the phone and hung up 
Oh, geez. <laughs> that was when he was the coordinator here, though. That's how much the old man loves tight ends. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. He should come hang out for a day. He should. He'd. Oh, man, he would be. He wouldn't look bored. No. He's more than welcome to. Have him come up for spring ball. Love right. to have him. I can do that. Do you, last but not least, do you have an NFL team? I grew up a Giants fan. Okay. I grew up in New York, so I, right. I, I grew up a Giants fan. I had never asked you that. I didn't know if you had been sucked into the Browns craze you know around what? here. Or... I enjoy the agony that these guys have gone through. So I've known known Matt for a long time. The agony he has gone through. Skip. I mean, like, agony. Um, and what they went through the last eight weeks of this year, I think, was like pure jubilation on Sundays. Just uh, having a chance to win? Having a chance to win. Because um, it's pretty rare. Well, we were winning. Oh, yeah. The Browns are winning. Like Baker. Huge Baker fans. Yeah. Um, I like Baker when Baker was at OU. He's fun to I watch. I love Baker Mayfield. Uh, I do, too. Fan. I love Baker, too. So in that regard, I've grown to appreciate the wins the Browns have gotten, if that makes sense. Cause it's, yeah, I do, too. It, it changes the mood. And when Skip's upset, it's a bad deal. I'm not I'm not kidding you. I can show it to you right here. Um, What are you pulling up? A text from Skip? Skip. I said, what do you think of the hire today when it made it? Yeah. Love it. Super Bowl. Cannot wait. Well, Skip this morning uh, or this afternoon, we had a recruiting meeting. Skip was in it. And uh, Skip said, I'm fired up for next year's Super Bowl. Yeah, he's already predicting a Browns Super Bowl. It seems a little premature to me. Well, I don't know. I don't really know the dynamic there. But I do know with the Cavs being down, that's what they're hanging on right now. Ten ten in a row I saw last night on SportsCenter. Skip told me the other night that Baker – and his brand is is already surpassing what LeBron ever did in Cleveland. Yeah, that's probably one of the most ludicrous yeah, statements I've heard. Seems fairly in hyperbolic. Yeah, but Skip is either high or low. That's what <laughs> makes Skip awesome. Is he's either super high or super low. And I mean, Freddie Kitchen. I mean, right now they're talking Super Bowl Kitchens for NFL Coach of the Year next year, and. <laughs> <laughs> and and Baker as a possible MVP candidate, but that's so I am not a, a Browns fan, but I have adopted appreciating. I kind of have too, you know, like I kind of have. What too. an incredible fan base they've got! They just keep showing they up. They remind me a lot of my Vikings, though. Like for like, I'm 34. I've never seen them play in a Super Bowl, not in my lifetime. Come close. They've been to the NFC Championship three times and or four times, lost them all. One was Gary Anderson, 98. Right. Then they got killed by the Giants. Right. Um, then there was the Saints, Favre. Right. And then last year. Wow. And now not so good. It never won a championship. Wow. So I can relate to those guys. Yeah. And, I, and when when the miracle happened last year, I was up there. I remember that. My phone blew up, and it was a lot of these Browns fans. Mm. They were really happy for me. Well, they appreciated it. Yeah. They and and I hope the Browns do win so that these guys are in a good mood. But I, I also hope hope we get the Giants back. You will. I, I I'm think, a Saquon Barkley fan. And I I like Shermer too. Coming from the Vikings, yeah. I like him a lot. And tough tough job, tough media market. It's not like this. This is a great job. We're mediocrely media. tough <laughs> media market. <laughs> We're all soft. Um, 
the Cliff Kingsbury news yesterday. Yeah. So I went to war on local radio. I wasn't like saying that Cliff's going to win a Super Bowl, but I wasn't quick to crap all over it like everybody else was. Interesting. I just think on about when you're Cliff was 33 when he got the tech job. To me, that seems like a really hard assignment for anybody that age to be looking over 115, 18-year-olds. Really tough. That's just a hard place to cut your teeth. Right. Tough. I, I, I just, like, the, there's no way that Cliff is, he's clearly smart. If you look at the quarterbacks he's developed over the years, what they're doing right now in the pros, Keenum, Mahomes, a little bit with Baker. I don't know. Like I, I'm just not going to just jump all over this and say that he's going to suck in the NFL. It's just because the NFL's changed so much. Like in the NFL in the '90s, he probably wouldn't have worked. Now I feel like it. It might if he has the right guys around him. Yeah, the little bit I've gotten to know Cliff and the people that I have gotten to know that have worked for him say he's he's about as hardworking as they get and and obviously super sharp offensively and. I think it's neat when a college guy gets a shot like that. So um, I'm rooting for the guy. Me too. But as far as wins and losses, I got no opinion because I have no clue how that league works. Big 12 homer, though. Well, like because I'm rooting for the Chiefs because of Mahomes. I just I get defensive. And you're a Baker fan. I'm a Baker fan. So like it's actually screwed up my Sundays because back in the day I only watched the Vikings. That's like the only NFL I would watch because then I'm spending the rest of my time on college stuff and working. Now, I've found myself gravitating to whenever Baker's playing, whenever Mahomes is playing. I have a feeling next year I'm going to be watching Cliff's team a little bit. Wherever David and Hakeem end up, I'll be yeah. tuning into those. This is a fun league. This is a really cool league. Yeah. I, I, it really is. And, and I, 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 I enjoy watching – Really, honestly, I enjoy flipping on a West Virginia K State game to see how they play each other. You know, yeah. I, I think it's a fun league with with fun coaches, and I think it's an awesome league to be a fan of. I think it's better now too because the teams are all a little bit more different. Yeah, have kind of have their own personality. Yeah, which that's what I love about the college game. Like in bowl games, I I think like there's more than one way to have success, right? No question. So when you get like. An up-tempo team against a slow-it-down team. It's fun to see which way wins out. It's it's a – I love it. That's why I like better – that's why I like it better than the NFL. There's clearly see, more you, – You know, the funny part is we don't – like like you asked about this Cliff deal. I, we watch a lot of NFL film, but never – or I should say never, very rarely, because Sundays are our biggest work day, you know, and Sundays and Mondays. So you never sit down and just watch a game. Skip does. <laughs> if the Browns are playing, but but you never sit down and watch a game. So even like like I have to look up sometimes, you know, man, what tight ends right now are, are doing really well, you know, and so I can watch some film and see what those guys are doing, how they're doing it. So I think it's fascinating just listening to people talk about that league because we don't get a chance to watch it a bunch. We we do, you know, we watch a lot of Kansas City Chiefs film because it is interesting to watch some of these teams that are doing a really good job on offense, the Eagles and 
and the Colts and you know you you watch these teams because you want to see what they're doing the Rams but in terms of sitting down watching an NFL team it's hard to even be a fan of anybody you know to be honest with you yeah I totally see how that's the case all right man I've taken enough of your time I appreciate it well it was awesome being on here and appreciate what you guys do you want we'll do it again this summer sometime summer summer break edition yeah let's do it well uh, maybe we can get the some questions from the audience I'd love it. Some more off-topic type stuff. I'd love it. Pop culture. Yeah. Um, pop culture. Uh, college basketball. I'm a huge college basketball really? fan. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Me and me and my little guy were, were awesome. sick to our stomachs last night. Yeah, that was tough. Do you, are you into, like, conspiracy theories or anything? Anything we can get, get going on? A little bit. But honestly, college basketball. I love That's college basketball. Like, love every second of it. Uh, I get jealous of college basketball coaches. I think it's fascinating. I think it's awesome. That jump ball call last night was horrendous. Jump ball call was terrible. The foul, that's a foul at the end. Um, Every day of the week. Um, The jump ball call, I I It was the fastest jump ball call I've seen in four years. The guy had his arms around Mario. I'll venture to say that there won't be a worse call all year against Iowa State. I'd agree. Are we allowed to comment on you basketball officiating? Yeah. I can. Yeah. It was terrible. They're not Big 12 refs. Gotcha. They're just like national, like independent contractors. So Yeah, I could see that. Hence the conspiracy <laughs> Oh, I, no. can get, I can get off on that because like I, I got a whole deal about why fans shouldn't trust officials, but you can't comment on uh, that. No, I can't comment on that. But I do <laughs> I do love our squad, though. That, them guys play hard. They play defense. Yeah. Uh, They'll bounce back. I love it. They'll bounce back. Thanks for your time, man. Thank you. He's Alex Golish. Uh, Thanks for listening.